Hey, Rachel. Hello, Brian. So how was your week? You know that scene in The Undoing when um, Nicole Kidman decides to just spontaneously land a helicopter on a bridge? I think it's like the Tappan Zee. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's like in Albany. It's like some oh. old rusting bridge in Albany. Oh, okay. Is that how you feel this week? Like you're just... That's that's how I feel. And just it's like not, stop it's the not spontaneous. Her husband, who has kidnapped her child, is about to jump off the bridge, and the child. I know, is... but she's just like land the fucking plane. I don't care where. Like she wants off this airborne goat rodeo and that's exactly how i feel okay i didn't see it like that but sure why not this is nope the podcast where we shut it down my name is no my sign is no my number is no you need to let it go you need to let it go need to let it go so here we are recording on a uh, thursday evening but i think it was for a good reason right yeah, it's a day late. It was your birthday yesterday. A big, exciting birthday. Yeah, we could say it. 5050. 5-0, which I regret I wasn't able to celebrate with you, but you know, I'm out here in suburbia. Yeah. Well, it's part of the story. I'll get, I'll yeah. get you're definitely part of my uh, birthday week celebrations. Okay. I'll, I'll get we'll to, we'll I'll talk get about that, that later. But okay. But so, you know, there's a lot going on in um, Trump land, including this whole pay for pardon scandal. But for your birthday, Brian, I think it's best if we just focus on all the other nopes in the world that need our attention. Um, I do, before we go into the nopes and everything else, I want to acknowledge the drunk lady with a buffet. <laughs> Font, who testified yesterday in Pennsylvania, standing next to Rudy this. Giuliani. I was too busy celebrating my birthday. I, I didn't okay. have time for the Buffon lady. I was like, is that Kristen Wiig? She was his star witness and she was insane. She was just like, how many registered voters are in that poll book? Like she was asking questions of the person who was supposed to be questioning her. But she She's like, witness. do you even, did you do something crazy to the poll book? You did something crazy. And the election official is like, ma'am, this is an Arby's. Like, <laughs> Wait, why Arby's? I, I don't know. <laughs> Okay, I'm the one asking questions <laughs> here. Okay. I don't I'll... know. Yeah. But so it turns out that like, I just found out she's literally an actress and had like some sort of criminal record, of course. So anyway, she's not a very good actress, but let's, let's move on to the. <laughs> that has to be mentioned. So, yeah, uh, how, did, how, did, so... how did you spend your week? Something, something good must've happened for you. Yeah. Um. So I guess you have not really lived the life of a pandemic mom, or you haven't really lived, period, <laughs> until you've attempted to give your child a haircut. And Wait, is this I, the first one? Most most moms have been giving kids haircuts throughout all of this since March. Well, I've been doing just like a few delicate trims here and there, but luckily his hair was very short at the start of the pandemic, so I didn't really need to, but it's been getting in his eyes and getting out of control. And he freaks out every time I try to comb it and it was getting all naughty. So, um... I had an edible the other night and I just was like, I'm determined to just cut it short. And how hard can it be? I'll do a good job. And let me tell you, <laughs> the artistry of our haircutting professionals is totally underappreciated. Um, I fucked this operation up so badly. I'm so glad you said this, because when I talked to AJ on the FaceTime yesterday, <laughs> his hair was horrible. 
and I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> like I was like, is that a new I mean, look? It's like a Caesar. It's like a George Clooney Caesar from the nineties. It's like a fringe. No, how to describe it? It's like an inverted mullet, like short in the middle and long, long on the side. It's like a parabola. Like, it's a parabola. So it'll grow out. It'll grow out. So it'll grow out. And um, AJ came into my room and said, Daddy told me to tell you that he's handling the haircut. And he thought it was hilarious. And, you know, thankfully, he has a good sense of humor. So that's what I did. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad it's out in the open. You know, communication is the secret to a happy marriage. So uh, sounds like there's going to be a happy ending to this for everything except AJ's hair. Um, So for me, um, you... Yeah, I'm really tell. grateful you made a really nice effort to be part of my birthday, even though you couldn't be here. Um, and late last week, I think it was, I received a mysterious package in the mail. <laughs> it was like a, man- a padded manila envelope with like my address scribbled in a, sh- in a Sharpie. And the return address was just SS in Red Bank, New Jersey. Yeah. And I don't know anyone in Red Bank, New Jersey I can't think of anyone with the initials SS. Um, And I'm like, is this going to be anthrax? Is it a bomb? Like, what is it? So I cut it open. (laughs) And in it is this crumpled up (laughs) pink post-it note um, attached to a square of chocolate. And I look in the square of chocolate is a cannabis edible, which is a delightful gift, I guess. Um, thank you for that. I, Relaxing I, but it, for these it, times. Yeah, we live but at in, this point, like I didn't know. But here's a, the, the post-it note, also in a Sharpie, so just said, happy quar birthday, <laughs> Brian, love, Rachel, heart. Now, of course, I'm assuming, like you tell you, I, I don't really do edibles a lot. You, you, you enjoy them, and and so I assumed it was a gift from you. Plus, the name Rachel kind of tipped me off that it might <laughs> but be from you. It wasn't my handwriting. But then it, it wasn't was your like handwriting, a... and you're not in West Red Bank, New Jersey, and nothing else teed up. So I was scared to thank you for it in case it wasn't really from you, in case it was like a forgery or for some other Rachel, like and, a decoy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So finally, you're like. Did you get the gift? <laughs> and I'm like, finally, my perfect opening. And I, and I sent you a picture. I was like, is this it? Um, and, and yes, it was it. So, And then you provided the explanation, which is what? <laughs> is that? So, I, I mean, I love this woman. She's amazing. She sends me these things. I order them from her. And um, she she's a wiccan i think or (laughs) druid some she's some kind of witch some kind of pagan yes she makes these uh edibles from um all organic ingredients no sugar no added sugar and (laughs) that's what's really important to me if i'm having like an ounce (laughs) of chocolate i want to make sure it's vegan organic no added sugar she's amazing and she's really like helped me through this pandemic because these things are very good to help you sleep and relax and it's just like a good way to unwind in the evening so I did ask her to write a note so that you would know from whence this 
thing came and <laughs> I did, did not, not realize she was going to put it on a crumbled <laughs> post-it. And so no offense to her if she listens to this podcast, but I would love to like help her upgrade her stationary game white glove service for gift yes i could help her become like a like i could help her scale like with just a few (laughs) simple tweaks we could really kpis first of all (laughs) invest in non-crumpled post-it notes or at least teach her how to pick up a piece of paper without crumpling it okay then then uh we went out to a lovely dinner last night and i got home and there was a delivery from a liquor store of a beautiful bottle of champagne and with it was another note and the note and i had already gotten my gift from you so i wasn't i don't even know about (laughs) so i wasn't expecting anything else but it comes on their on their letterhead and it says cheers Oh, oh, we didn't even talk about happy Quar birthday. Oh, I'm like, Quar, what is that? Yeah. My quarter birthday? It's my actual birthday. What are you talking about? And Rachel's like, no, duh, it's a quarantine, quarantine birthday. Quarantine, quarantine birthday, but, yeah. But did she abbreviate it or did you? She just I was think, too lazy to I write think, the word quarantine or couldn't, didn't know how it was spelled? No, I think I said Quar birthday. I okay. think it was like dictated by me. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I got this meta letter from you guys as uh, attached to this gift that says, cheers to your 50th, a.k.a. Quar birthday. We're sorry we can't be there. We'll celebrate in exactly six months. It gets greater later anyway. Love you, Rachel, Josh, and AJ, which was delightful. The problem, as with the, <laughs> the post-it note, was the format in which this message was delivered. It's on a piece of printer paper that was obviously hand printed. It looked like it was made in like with like Microsoft 98 um, from with like Microsoft Paint application and printed on a dot matrix printer. Oh, um, gosh. <laughs> like it, it had everything but like the perforated sides. So I'm like, oh, they, this is very homemade. I don't want to mention the the merchant because I don't want to shame them because they did such a nice job with the the bottle. But like, it was very very peculiar, very peculiar. Um, I think there is an opportunity here that <laughs> between we, these yeah, two things. Yes, I think that businesses have trouble <laughs> with written communications. <laughs> and I have really nice penmanship and I have a fondness for stationery. And I would like I've been writing these cards to people in Georgia all week. I would sign up to all right. help. Yeah, you, this is a this side, wine side store hustle for you. Side and this woman. <laughs> <laughs> okay witch. so would, those yeah. were those were delightful things that happened they were very peculiar but thank you for both of those gifts um i will You're use them welcome. and consume them well and then so all kinds of weird things happened in my mail this week those being two of them and the third one is actually segueing into our first nope so the other day i came home and i got in the mail you don't get that much mail nowadays right this oversized right like promotional black postcard, jet black, and it had a red devil uh, like silhouette on it. And all it said, revenge for hire. And then it was, it just said nefariousjobs.com. And then there was an email, nefariousjobs at contractor.net. And I don't think they mean like plumbing contractor. Um, And then it says the most famous revenge for hire service in the world. Email us today for a free no obligation consultation. Discount code XNNY8642. So it's the most famous revenge for hire service in the world, as opposed to all those others we've heard. And how of. did we never hear of any of <laughs> <Right>. them? <laughs> then then you flip it over and they have some of our packages, each with a very cheesy like clip art, not clip, like a stock photo illustration. And they're pack 
packages are Relationship Breaker, Revenge Against X, Boss Breaker, Eviscerator, SAR, which I think is a sexual harassment thing, Total Annihilation, and Goat Fucker. What is a goat fucker? What is what? How is this a legal business? Like, and, like, how did they get my name for this postcard? Like, what list am I on? Can you refer this to the FBI? This is very. This well, is it turns nefarious. Out, so I went to the website as as advertised. It's nefarious. So yeah. I, I, I went to the website. <laughs> they, don't, in, they don't say it's anything else. <laughs> in an anonymous browser, of course. And it turns oh. out they've been around. They're an established business. They've been around since two thousand. 13 there was actually an article about them in vice in 2014 and you go to the website and it looks like the postcard the first thing that happens is one of those little chat windows with like a little nice white lady in a circle saying chat with us it's like here answer all your questions here and i was like i have so many questions like where do i even start so there's a video a six and a half minute like introduction video where they <clears throat> introduce the service and then they show a series of muppets not like the real Muppets, like fake Muppets, like Avenue Q Muppets. And the first one is a police officer who says, Hi, I just wanted to tell you the truth about your friend Tom. And then the next Muppet is a, a brain in a jar with googly eyes. And it says, <laughs> it says, good old Steve is having an affair. <laughs> and then there's a chipmunk like Alvin the chipmunk who says, this is crazy. I'm not sure if you realize this, but your girlfriend ain't really your girlfriend. She's fucking Aaron, Tony, Mark, and even her best friend, Sarah. Okay. <laughs> I just the... think people should just talk to each other more. <laughs> Not have a Muppet chipmunk tell you Cut that out your the middleman <laughs> girlfriend is fucking your best friend Sarah. Then it goes into this like mini documentary where there's a guy from Australia who's coming to San Francisco to engage their services for revenge. And he interviews the founder, and the founder is a guy in a, a dark room. It's like when you do a 60 minutes interview where it's like dark and so you can't see him. Um, and the guy goes, we're not leg breakers, but we also don't just do little pranks. So he walked us through this menu of revenge options with some detail that was fascinating. So the revenge against an X package, he gave an example, it's uh, $1,850. So he says, so let's say your ex lover gave you herpes. We'll come up with something where we'll create a large piece of luggage briefcase that's bright red with a cross on it that says STD kit. We'll bring it to their office and leave it in the lobby with their name on it. That costs $1,800. Then there's the reputation spreader package, which is $2,300, where a private investigator follows them, digs up dirt, and posts it everywhere online on allegedly 5,000 websites, which they will never be able to live down. And then there's, mm -hmm. then there's the works. Now, they're very careful. The works is not available uh, to get revenge on anyone under 30 years of age because it says they say they will be too young to recover from the trauma. So they're, oh, yeah. they're socially responsible. They're looking out for people. Okay. <laughs> right. This is really a public good. It's a, it's a do, do well and do good. So, and then the final one, this is my favorite. This is the extreme is total annihilation. And the logo is a, <laughs> is an, is a, is a mushroom cloud. It costs, <laughs> it costs $10,000 to kick off and then $5,000 a month. And it isn't done until the client says it's done. 
And here's the quote from the guy. He says, basically, it's where we dedicate a team of eight guys to work 24-7 until it's finished. Our job is to basically delve into every aspect that we can of this person's life and existence to find ways to tear it down. We'll go after everything from personal life to professional life, business contacts, all of it. And he says, and the last person we did it to is now eating trash out of a garbage can somewhere in New York City. How is this legal? And also, I have a question about like the first package for the ex-boyfriend. With the herpes? Does the suitcase come with the package? And like, what kind of suitcase is it? Because it might be a good deal. Is it reusable? Is it like a Louis Vuitton? Does it come with herpes samples in it? Or is it just uh, like what's actually in it? They could put candy in it or something is there a real kit in it what else is in it exactly so um i think a, a lot more deal. well that's why you need a personal consultation they can't and they asked the guy in the in the promo video like is how is this all legal and he says we don't do any physical harm but i'll be the first to admit that we operate in a gray area which i think these are very well-grounded people <laughs> <laughs> this is a perfectly logical business. This sounds like a, a criminal enterprise and all these people are going to be in jail soon if they're not already. Let's just say it's probably not venture scalable, not venture backable. It's going to be a mom and pop, a lifestyle, no. a lifestyle business, <laughs> a lifestyle as they call Okay, so nope, total annihilation job, shut it down. I wish I knew about that because so I'll I'll tell you uh, my nope. There's this guy, um, his name's Michael Boroyan. I'll name and shame him who gives a fuck. And he's the CEO of this fashion consulting business. And I once met him back when I was covering the industry for the Wall Street Journal. And the meeting was memorable because it was bananas. And I have few regrets in life, but one of them is not telling this guy to go fuck himself. So every year he sends out his company Christmas card and someone on my former team at the Wall Street Journal inevitably forwards it to me triggering these feelings of shame and regret because of what I didn't say when I had the chance to say it. So a few days ago, a colleague forward, forwarded me the card and was like, remember this guy? And I responded, ha ha, how could I forget? Blah, blah, blah. And then I put the thing out of my mind. But then Google this morning sends me a follow-up, you know, the, like when exchanges happen and a few days later, oh, yeah, it sends you like you. a nudge. nudge right. Yeah. And it surfaced to the top of my inbox and I got pissed off all over again <laughs> about this guy. And so I decided just to write to him because why not? Right. It's, you know, tis, tis the season and tis, tis 2020. And if you're, if not now, when? Right. So thus began a most unusual exchange of ideas. And I think you and I, Brian, should do a dramatic reading. I'll be me. Oh, yeah. It's be been Michael. a while since we did a dramatic reading. We did yes, the uh, yes. Jeff Bezos sexting reading with Glaze. It's very that was exciting. Cool. I feel like the sense yeah, it's of like anticipation. A, it's like a Christmas, Christmas pageant we're doing here. A, yes. <laughs> a Hanukkah play. So here goes. This is the email that I sent him. Hi, Michael. I'm a journalist that you once met with a long time ago. I'll never forget that meeting. You told me you pronounced your name Boro Yen and then criticized the outlet that I worked for at the time, saying that the tail wags the dog, meaning that you, not our editors, decide what goes in the paper. You then asked me, apropos of nothing, what an ectopic pregnancy was, <laughs> just to keep me on my toes. 
I answered your question as I had just been hospitalized the prior weekend, quite coincidentally, for a kidney stone <laughs> that the doctors initially thought was an ectopic pregnancy. I still don't know why I didn't tell you to go fuck yourself. I guess I was young and eager to please a source who might have information in the future that could be helpful. You never did and never will. Merry Christmas. All the best, Rachel. And I was shocked a few minutes later when he responded. I, I thought, no, I thought there's no way I'll ever get a response. But a few minutes later, there it was in my inbox. So here you go. Ha, 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 ha. Thanks, Rachel. I remember discussing Halston. Did you ever write that article? I don't recall the discussion on ectopic pregnancy, but confidentially, when I meet people, sometimes I get these out of nowhere, quote, messages that I share. It's a strange gift. You are not as young, but if you are still as eager, feel free to contact me if I can be helpful. Wishing you a good holiday, Michael. What's that mean? You are not as young, but if you are still as eager. Like to, well, to interview I, him? Yeah, right. Oh. Like, yeah. Oh, so he's inviting so, you back into his trap. Back into, into the fold. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're, you're so, welcome here anytime. <laughs> so I was shocked. He like, you know, I, I, I wasn't sure if I should respond to it, but he clearly was not getting what I was trying to say. <laughs> so I had to follow up. So Right. It should have been I like, said, I'm sorry if I made you that I made you feel uncomfortable. It was unprofessional of me. I hope. Yeah, that's. You know, yes. Okay. Right. So I said, Michael. The only appropriate response to the email that I sent you would have been to say, I'm sorry. I suppose that's too much to ask from a man who has mistaken a personality disorder for a strange gift. Here's hoping you eventually decide to look inward. All the best to you, Rachel. Okay, so then I was pretty sure that ended the whole thing, but yes. no, came back. <laughs> And puts you on the defense saying, whoa, looks like you have an axe to grind, Rachel. Your email is insulting and insolent. Sorry for you. I am taking the liberty of removing you from my mailing. Best of luck, Michael. So mission accomplished. I don't even think I was on his mailing to begin with. But like, how will I ever live not being on? Maybe yeah, I was on it. Maybe he was sending it to the journal under my name and he doesn't realize I don't work there anymore. Why? How would anyone call a stretch? So wait, a oh, so you mean he thought the strange gift was that he knew that an ectopic pregnancy was in your realm somehow? And yes. he picked up on that in a sensory way and And I thought that too at the time because I was like, how is he asking me about this thing that I was like just hospitalized like two days earlier? But if you and... have a strange gift and inappropriate and weird things come into your head, like what are you going to say? Like, <laughs> Rachel... Have you ever done an interview while you're having your period? <laughs> like, <laughs> funny you should ask. <laughs> like, what a... Like, I mean, I would, I obviously couldn't bring it up, but I was like, he, he's seeing inside my mind. He's seeing my past. Like, it was just a very weird moment. And so instead of saying, fuck off, I answered the question. Well, it was yeah, so... that's the whole thing about the, the Me Too power dynamic. That was harassment, right? And like, yeah. you're in a vulnerable situation. You need him. He knew you needed him as a source. And he took advantage of it to like unleash his weirdness on you. 
Yes, yes. So, you know, so no, thank you for, for no, being Michael. I do, have, I, I do have a solution, though, which is nefariousjobs.com, which is like okay. the, the source exploder. Of... I mean, I don't, if they'll give me like a media rate, I don't want to waste any money on Michael. I, I mean, he's useless. He's a non entity. No, you got your revenge by talk, by reading this out on a podcast. Yeah. So I just want to say to anyone else out there who gets a Christmas card or gets notified about a Christmas card from someone you hate, I encourage you to just email them and tell them that they are fucking asshole. After this year, it's the least we can do, right? <laughs> it's like the opposite. On Thanksgiving this year, I reached out to a whole bunch of like, I texted a whole bunch of friends who I hadn't spoken to in a while since the pandemic. And I was like, hey, happy Thanksgiving. Been thinking you know, it's been a while. Let's get together when, when we can. It's same, like the, the reach out with like the nice, uh, the nice karma than I sentiments and this was the opposite he reached out and triggered <laughs> hatred in your soul <laughs> no I I'm the one who reached out like I think thanks no no he, is the for Christmas card yeah. triggered yeah. the, the yes, hatred yes exactly right. okay let's move on that's so no. let's move that's on okay no. okay <laughs> Speaking of weirdos, um, okay. So one of the worst, one of the worst things about the Trump year was not just what was happening here, but how it triggered this like onslaught of right-wing nationalist movements across the world, and especially in Eastern Europe. And Hungary is terrible now, and Poland is terrible now, and those were perfectly good democracies five years ago, and now they're a nightmare. So yes. this is a story about a senior member of the Uni uh, European Parliament from Hungary named Joseph. Z it's Hungarian, S-Z-A-J-E-R, <laughs> Zager. <laughs> um, okay. And he's, uh, Orban is the head of, president of Hungary. He's and a prime minister, yeah. And he's a monster. And it's the Fidesz party, also with an S-Z at the end. Um, and he was caught and admitted, this senior MEP, that he'd been to a lockdown party, which is basically an orgy, and he had been uh, busted by the Brussels police. Now, this party that he's a member of, the Fidesz party, is violently uh, anti-LGBTQ+. So it is no surprise that the party he was at and that got busted had 25 naked men, including a variety of diplomats in it. Huh. Um, and, and it was in Brussels? The party itself was in itself Brussels, was in... yes. Yeah, okay. well, it's the head of the European Union, yeah. right? So well, I thought it was in Hungary for, for no, minute, no. But... no, go, okay. go, go where the fish are. Go fishing where the fish are <laughs> in Brussels. <laughs> So how is he caught? A passer after the bust happened, a passerby reported seeing a man fleeing in the gutter. And the passerby recognized the man. And I don't know how a random passerby in Brussels recognized a member of the European Parliament from Hungary, but I'll let that go. He had bloody hands. The police stopped him. This uh, he had narcotics in his backpack and no identity documents. And they took him back to the mission. And that's how they found out who he was. Well, this guy, Zajer, was shamed. Uh, he resigned. But he begged that uh, the public should not extend the shame, quote, to my homeland or to my political community. To which I say, of course, it's a shame to the of homeland and the political community. This is the the uh, hypocrisy that arises. Yeah. <laughs> it's like my yeah. very definition, your job. <laughs> You have one job. Go to another country and represent your country. <laughs> right? So it is exactly a reflection of your country. But that's not the end of the story. So the organizer of the party is this guy named David Manjele, who is not Turkish, who is not Hungarian, probably Belgian or something. Um, and he talked to the Polish news outlet Onnet. 
Um, and he said that that party had male, male lawmakers from nine different countries. And he said, we have politicians from Ukraine, France, Germany, the Netherlands, Luxembourg, Switzerland, and Spain. However, most frequent guests are, from, are the Poles and the Hungarians, um, which, of course, makes sense because they're the most homophobic countries. And those are the ones. Right. Said, so they go to Brussels. They go to a party. Fine. Yeah, okay. Exactly. So he says the, bear, the he's very careful to, to sort of say what kinds of parties these are. They're bareback format, he says, so no protection allowed. And it's a mandatory daddy orgy, which means that no spectators allowed. Everybody must participate. Um, So (laughs) this is the craziest thing. During during the bust, (laughs) the it was... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the police came in and said, like, everybody freeze or whatever. But the sex participants thought that they were, like, props, thought that they were strippers. And they, like, crawled up to them and started undoing their pants and taking <laughs> off their clothes, the police. Which, of course, triggered a violent response of the police. And I don't I don't think it was a gay panic. I just think, I think that was, like, a legitimate, like, get, like I'm arresting of- you, get your hands off of me. <laughs> like... <laughs> Um, this should be like a like a six-part documentary (laughs) that's like a netflix limited (laughs) series it's like the undoing (laughs) this would be a great undoing follow-up and at the end they land a helicopter on a bridge (laughs) undoing part two hugh grant as a Hungarian right-wing politician. Now, it turns out that the call to the police came from a man who organizes similar parties nearby, and the main guy says he lives two blocks from me and he's my competition. So apparently there's this whole district with competing sex parties going on in Brussels, which I don't think of as a decadent city. I think of it as a very prude, bureaucratic city. It's like Washington, D.C., which it's is a, like the best kept secret. Of like <laughs> Little did we know you thought, the, you thought the Amsterdam red light district was the place to be. No, Belgium <laughs> is the place to be. Um, and but uh, I, I have no problem with any of this. Just the fact that it's during COVID, like everyone yes, needs to stop. Like, yes, this is yes I, I have no problem with the sex party. Go for it. Like that's great. Go for that's... it. Like feel, do whatever you want. But this is unacceptable in the middle of a global pandemic, especially these people are representing their governments and going to meetings with other countries and spreading yeah that's a a super spreader event yes yes anyway so unacceptable sedger the hungarian was uh, supposed to have his own sex party i think it is residence on december 12th but it's now been canceled due to the ensuing event so good for that i guess good good crack down on this this is nonsense so nope to illegal sex parties in brussels with hungarian parliamentarians and and also uh, how does he live with himself being part of that party that is so anti-lgbt and going to oh they're all you remember like remember larry craig in the senate with uh, that was the wide stance remember oh yeah yeah. as a republican conservative in the 90s and you know there's always it's always there's always some rent boy or sex party or something going on so yeah anyway it's just all despicable on multiple levels start by looking at the man in the mirror okay nope okay nope 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 okay um so yeah we need to address um the plethora of monolith content that has been spilling (laughs) into our social media feeds (laughs) we went from zero monoliths like two (laughs) weeks ago to all monolith all the time (laughs) 
<laughs> so I'm not sure how it all started, but I suspect that it has something to do with that farmer we discussed a few weeks ago in and County la- Cork, and last Ireland, week. <laughs> and last week, who had a, a standing stone that was knocked over by a bull and hired a couple of druids to set it right. And then like the whole world like tipped on its axis and everything <laughs> changed. And now all of a sudden, these tall monoliths are showing up everywhere. And so I'm just going to like go through the chronology or the TikTok, if you will, so we can make some sense out of all this. So on November 18th, wildlife biologists who were performing a helicopter survey of bighorn sheep, because who among us? Um, <laughs> Pilot, piloted <laughs> by Nicole Kidman <laughs> and Donald Sutherland. <laughs> They saw in a Utah canyon that there was this mysterious silver monolith. Um, No one knows where it came from. Some speculated that it was an alien communication device. Others said it was the work of Banksy. And still others said it was a sculpture by a minimalist artist named John McCracken, who died in 2011. Um, But nevertheless, the David's Werner Gallery in New York, which represents McCracken's estate, told the New York Times that the monolith is a bona fide McCracken. Oh, Um, so they they unleashed the Kraken. They they did. They unleashed the McCracken. And so how did it get there? And, and where did it go? Because as soon as it was spotted, it disappeared. And to know where it went, you have to kind of like get into the head of the monolith and think like a monolith. And so like, where That's do you That's a best-selling Brian... book, Think Like a Monolith. Where do you think it went? Um, I don't know. Was it getting boiled in Yellowstone National Park like a chicken? Like a chicken? No, it ended up in northern Romania. Because, of course. (laughs) I didn't know this part. If you were a monolith, where else would you go? Um, But so it shows up in Romania, and that was not enough travel. So the monolith in Romania felt that rush of wanderlust, and I guess it just went missing again, and it uh, missed the United States. So this week, it was discovered by hikers in Southern California. So it went from Utah to Northern Romania to Southern California, and just like why don't people learn like how hard is it to put a nest cam on your monolith or like a <laughs> GoPro like a ti- or like a, a GoPro yeah. or like a tile thing for your keys and then you <laughs> could like keep <laughs> you could keep track of it right. when it travels. A society as civilization has solved this problem. Right. We can exactly. we can track like a shark for ten thousand miles at the bottom of the ocean and we can't right. we can track, track a, like a, a standing shiny sculpture. glass monolith. <laughs> That is immobile. (laughs) So this monolith is moving around. It's racking up frequent flyer miles. But there's another strange disappearance that may or may not be related to this whole sordid series of events. So in southern Bavaria, a seven-foot statue of a penis that had stood erect on a 5,700-foot-high mountaintop for many years, it suddenly disappeared this week without a trace. What? There's a yes. lot of questions there. Why is there? Why was there a penis statue in the Bavarian <laughs> mountains? And how did it disappear? And is it with the monolith? Is it with the the stone structures <laughs> in Ireland? Like, okay, go. You must have more information on this. So yeah. So I nobody knows how it got there in the first place. 
but it became a tourist destination. And according to local lore, local Bavarian lore, the sculpture was left on the mountain by a family that received it as a birthday gift for their son. But it's enormous, right? It's not like a little like <laughs> desktop no, it's, penis. It's, it's like seven, <laughs> it's seven feet tall. <laughs> so this is not so, like a special edition stone dildo or anything. This so is like a major. Someone just gave this right. family this gift for their son. What an unusual <laughs> gift for the boy who it's has everything. It's a great fiftieth birthday. My parents have been struggling to figure out what to get me. Mom, Dad. Thanks for the offer of the Apple Watch, but what I really want is a seven-foot penis sculpture. Phallus. Okay. So nobody knows who owns it, which makes it complicated to launch an investigation because, like, there's no plaintiff, right? So all <laughs> No that's... one has standing to <laughs> so, so all that's left in in the place of this giant penis is a pile of sawdust. And so the, the owner of this nearby lodge told the guardian that someone must have sawed it over in a cloak and dagger operation. And so regardless of how or why this sculpture arrived or disappeared at the mountain, these locals were very sad that it had it had gone missing because the mayor of the nearby town of Rettenberg described it as a great pity. Um, they lost an attraction that helped make the area a tourist destination. Like people mm. would go and see it. Oh, see and um, yeah, the, um, the Holger Stabek, who's the chief of police in a nearby town of Kempton said that in, an investigation has been opened and that every possible clue is being investigated, but so far there are none. <laughs> no clues. First of all, like, <laughs> What what clues? I, I, I like don't know. Forensic what, forensic like analysis of the sawdust, like like what what clue is, is what what are they looking for? I, I don't know. And and I think this might be like I apologize. This might be a heteronormic comment, but um, my theory is that maybe it went looking for a giant vagina sculpture. There must be someone one somewhere, like a right or like the Georgia O'Keeffe Gallery or something. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. The Georgia O'Keeffe Gallery. <laughs> That's my best guess. That's all I have yes. to offer. Is there anything else here? Because we're no monolith. No. So monolith owners, geotag your sculptures. Okay, just tag them so we know where GoPro, they go. Do a GoPro on them. Absolutely. Nope. Monolith nope. disappearing. <laughs> Keep track no of more monolith. No, we've had enough. No, no more. No more. Okay. <laughs> okay, you have one more, right? One last. Yes, nope. I yeah. do. So I think we learned early on in this pandemic that um, people really do not know what to do with the lower halves of their bodies, uh, whether that means like wearing sweatpants with a blazer to look professional, or not wearing pants at all and masturbating like Jeffrey Tubin, or bringing your computer into the bathroom with you and accidentally leaving the camera on in oh, the stall so oh, who did that or in the in your home bathroom so this brings me to the unfortunate story a cautionary tale of francis coglasia coglasia who was a trustee of the hackensack board of education in new jersey until last week when she broadcast herself on the toilet in a zoom meeting that was attended by 140 people <laughs> Of like so, the public, like a public hearing. Like a public hearing. And, <laughs> no, wait, there's a lot of questions here. So was it like angled at her face or was the video off or was it like the full Monty? 
with I sound and video. Was it an immersive, immersive experience? It was an immersive experience, <laughs> like laptop on the floor, like camera just pointed up towards the toilet. Oh, okay. Oh. So nobody knew what to say on this call while it was, was happening. And it was a very diplomatic group of 140 <laughs> people. They pretended like it was normal. And eventually the board's vice president, a guy named Scott James Vickery, addressed her saying, um, quote, our teachers are being professional and you're at home <laughs> sitting on the toilet. <laughs> Wait, he said so, this during the meeting. Yes, so it's not, they yes. didn't like pretend like it wasn't happening. Someone did acknowledge well, they, it at least. Eventually, <laughs> after like a very awkward period of time. <laughs> so he says, you're sitting, you're at home sitting on the toilet. So we are moving on. So first of all, go Scott James Vickery, stand up for your values and and maintain law and order in these meetings, right? So my friend Becky told me the story over the phone. Um, I hadn't heard about it. And it came up in the context of Jeffrey Tubin. And she was kind of like, what the fuck is going on with these people? She herself had actually, she had accidentally this week shared her screen on a call and was mortified, like a screen share, like totally like within the realm of normal Wait, what was on behavior. her screen that she shared? Just like her tabs, like it was nothing. It was like oh, okay. she had like a, like a schedule, you know, it was, oh, yeah. it was totally nothing but um she was mortified and i would be too just with a lesser offense and like my first there are all these people just like shitting and masturbating during meetings we were just like appalled you and control like, your lower bodily <laughs> functions like how how does this happen and so my my first instinct when i heard her telling me the story was to take this woman's side and say how unfortunate it was that of course the woman was so ashamed that she had to resign for accidentally broadcasting herself from the bathroom whereas jeffrey tubin dug in his heels after jerking off in front of his colleagues at the new yorker and had to actually be fired and Supreme Court Justice Breyer is believed to be the one who flushed the toilet during a live stream of oral arguments several months ago. And he continues to work, no questions asked. So why should this woman? In I always assume that was Brett Kavanaugh because Brett Kavanaugh just seems like the kind of douchebag who would like sit on the toilet with the door open with like his. Oh, totally. I out. thought so, too. But there was a thorough investigation by um... <laughs> like sound analysis. And like... <laughs> yes. Yes. By Ashley Feinberg at Slate. She's a very excellent investigative reporter. And I was convinced that it was Breyer. So anyway, um, so I just was like, why should this woman be shamed into resignation for being so dedicated to her job that she couldn't bear to miss a few minutes of a school board hearing to go to the bathroom, right? But so I was like, she's really a hero. She's been sacrificed. But the problem is that Frances Coglesia is not a hero or an anti-hero, but she's a fucking garbage monster. I Googled the <laughs> I googled the story and I learned that basically she had it coming. She's known, she's famous in Hackensack for making headlines over the summer for saying that she was, quote, disgusted and appalled by a new law requiring LGBT history be taught in New Jersey classrooms. And she was quoted saying, everywhere I turn, this alternative lifestyle narrative is being shoved down our children's throats. Where does it end? Well, now we know how it ends, Francis, with you shitting <laughs> during a meeting and shoving that image down everybody's throats. Who's disgusted and appalled now, Francis? Who? 
Fuck you. Nope. Nope to you, Francis. And everyone, let's get control over our lower halves. I don't want any more of this. I don't want Shut it. Shut it down. Shut no. it down. Nope. That's enough. Nope. Uh, we have to get to our yup seeds, a little rays of light, a little beacons of hope that actually gave us pleasure and got us through the week. Rachel, you must have one. Oh, yeah, I have one. So I'm really late to the party on this one, but I've been watching this show on Apple TV called Ted Lasso. Have you heard of it? No, it's sportsy, isn't it? Yes, it's a comedy about I something like I am not thing. really familiar with or interested in. Yeah, exactly. It's the culture of British footballers. But the show is so open hearted and good natured that I cannot get enough of it. It's like medicine in these times of evil and so it's corruption. Like Friday night Friday night lights. You don't have to like college you don't have to like high school football exactly. to get into Friday night lights. Okay. Exactly. So Jason Sudeikis stars as this division two football coach from Wichita. He's recruited by this wealthy team owner for reasons that become clear in the first episode to coach a British soccer team despite having no experience with the British version of football. <laughs> and and Ted Lasso is like this Ned Flanders from the Simpsons type of guy. He's like, gee whiz, just fell off the turnip truck. And he has these crazy long anecdotes and strange wisdom that actually works. And it's just so funny. So yup to Jason Sudeikis, yup to Ted Lasso. Everyone should watch it immediately if you haven't already. Yup, Cool, yep, yep. cool. So my yup goes to um, a certain feature on Spotify that I had forgotten about, um, but just popped up on my screen this week, which is at the end of each year, they make like not just a custom oh, yeah, the year playlist, but the year in review. It's like this timeline where they tell you like, these are the top 20 songs you listen to. Here's the one you listen to the most. Here's the first time you heard it. Here are 10 songs that you would have liked, but they got away because you you didn't listen to them, but you should have listened to them. And I just think it's a really nice way for, a, especially for a shitty year like this. And I listened back and I realized like, hey, I listened and discovered some good music this year. So I thought it was nice for Spotify to do that for me. Um, merely for the price I mean, of my subscription. I agree, it's nice, but I also feel like it's like December 1st. Like, can Spotify just calm down? It's not exactly <laughs> the end of the year quite yet. Like, just slow your roll, Spotify. Wait <laughs> okay. until... that's, a, that's a nitpick. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get the time person of the year soon. Everyone loves their countdowns But in it's December. just like the lists are coming earlier and earlier every year. Okay. Like we need well, to you stop can, with the list. You can research that note for a future episode. Oh, and one okay. other yup for us that is it ties into uh, the end of the podcast where we always ask people to rate, subscribe, review. Um, I got a, a breaking email, uh, like a notice that we are ranking well in Thailand, that we are the number 186th most popular comedy podcast in Thailand, which was of came apropos of nothing because like we're we have listeners in like 90 different countries. Why Thailand? I, I, and I don't think we're particularly high in Thailand. Um, but especially since last week, we did that story about the guy who left the review, the bad review for the hotel in Thailand. On TripAdvisor, yeah. TripAdvisor. And got thrown in jail. And then the other guy who got thrown in jail for writing about a chicken farm on Twitter, thrown in jail in Thailand. So maybe our content, like these podcasts get transcribed all kinds of places. Maybe the Thai censors picked up on it and it leaked in Thailand. And now we're now we're racing up the charts. Number 186 with a bullet. They're going to extradite us and we're going to have to stand trial in Bangkok for talking about these issues. 
<laughs> Way to turn a yup into a nope. I was so proud of our. I'm so down. negative. I'm turning all of your yups into nopes this week. I'm popularity sorry. in Southeast Asia. Okay, that's all we have time for. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, as I said, please rate review, subscribe, tell another human being in real life. That's the most effective way to uh, spread the word, which we always appreciate. It has been a terrible week, but we enjoyed making this podcast. Thanks, everybody, for your birthday wishes. Uh, And uh, this has been Nope. The podcast where we shut it down.